the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 26th chapter. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful, and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, he who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So it has now come to this. Jesus has washed the disciples from the last bit of grime of a creation ruined by our sin, every last speck of it, and pronounced them clean, even as he does in our baptism. Jesus elevates the Passover to its fulfillment in him. He is the true Paschal Lamb, and that sacrifice is present as it always is present in his feast. He liberates and rescues us from everything that would enslave us, all falsehood and evil and death. But then there is also the betrayal. Betrayal is one of the bitterest of experiences of human life. It aims to subvert and ruin what was dearest to us. Often it is understood as decimating trust, and it certainly is that. 
but its real casualty is love. William Shakespeare knew that. In Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, Brutus, as you recall, was the betrayer and murderer of Caesar, addresses his fellow citizens to explain why he undertook this heinous action. If there be any in this assembly, any dear friend of Caesar's, to him I say that Brutus's love to Caesar was no less than his. If then that friend demand why Brutus rose against Caesar, this is my answer. Not that I loved Caesar less, but that I loved Rome more. But that was untrue. Who loves a person by killing them? And who loves a nation by killing its leader? So it has now come to this, the time of betrayal. But as Jean-Baptiste Alphonse Carr once wrote, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Our Old Testament reading seems hopeful enough. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up and they saw the God of Israel. They beheld God and they ate and drank. But as Moses stayed on Mount Sinai receiving instructions for the tabernacle and the worship of God and things like that, Aaron and the others went back down acquiesced to the mob and made a golden calf to worship. Was seeing God not enough? Was eating and drinking in his presence not sufficient for Aaron to stave off Israel's rebellion and betrayal? Was seeing God in eating and drinking in his presence not enough for Judas? Or did Judas love Israel more than Jesus? There is no evidence to suggest any nobility in Judas's intentions. Instead, the evil intentions to betray Jesus by the Sanhedrin for 30 pieces of silver culminates in Satan's conquest of Judas to betray innocent life, choosing death for life, darkness for light. But who is exempt from this indictment? When Jesus announces that one of the disciples would betray him to a man, they all say, is it I, Lord? This tacit admission that each of them recognized that it could be them, in fact, in St. Luke's Gospel, they go so far as to question one another, which of them would do this? Every sin is betrayal, and every betrayal is sin. This is a hard truth 
For those of us gathered at his table this evening, we who confess ourselves sinners. In the 18th century, Jacques Bridain wrote a hymn of the betrayal of Jesus. It's entitled in English, My Lord, My Master. In the second stanza, he has the people of God singing this. Your own disciple sold you. With friendship kiss and loyal word he came. How oft of faithful love my lips have told you. While you have seen my falsehood and my shame. So we hear of how one of his own disciples has lifted up the heel against him. Another, he knows, will call down curses upon himself, denying any connection he might ever have had to Christ. Jesus' suffering and death are now coming into focus merely hours away. In the upper room, at the point where darkness appears to have gained the upper hand, Jesus makes an astounding claim. Now is the Son of Man glorified. The betrayer has gone out and the soldiers, the chief priests and the Pharisees will soon be on their way. Soon he will be unfairly tried, mocked, beaten and spat upon. He will have nails driven through his hands and feet. A spear will pierce his side. And it is here, as this seemingly series of tragic events begin to unfold, that he says, Now is the Son of Man glorified. This is Jesus' way of saying, Love is going to win this day his love for us. For God's love for us is untethered by anything in us. He loves us even in our failures, even when our hearts would condemn us. His love reaches to rescue us from despair. It is on the tree that we find the only true glory that there is to be had in this world. Jesus comes and does the will of the Father, dies the death our sins deserved, and it is in this, his bleeding and dying love, that God is glorified. For Jesus too knows that the more things change, the more they stay the same. For without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. There is no leaving Egypt without eating the Paschal Lamb. Only the blood of the Lamb takes away the sins of the world, our sins, your sins, the world's sins. And for those who have been washed by his blood and called out of darkness into the light, out of death into life immortal. We hear from John's gospel, having loved his own who were in the world, 
He loved them and he loves us to the end. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. No falsehood in us, not even our sad betrayals. So, my friends, if you would demand from me why Jesus allowed himself to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men, shedding him his holy blood and dying by crucifixion, then this is my answer. It is not that he loved his life any less, but that he loved us more. To him be glory both now and forever. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.